The Damon Hayhow Podcast on DamonHayhow.com. Welcome to the Damon Hayhow Podcast. Today's episode is going to be about the fundamentals of body recompositioning as far as I see them. And the reason that you may want to listen to this is because this is essentially the basis from which all of my rather different ideas about diet and training come from. And I think, hopefully, you will find that actually they are far more logical, simple, relevant, and um, reliable than the majority of, of the popular kind of ideas that are out there, which basically are built upon very, very shaky foundations that don't make a hell of a lot of sense. So let's just get started and I'll see if you can see what I mean. Firstly, my definition of what body recompositioning is, because that's a fairly important starting point, is that it's the deliberate manipulation of your body composition. Cool. So what? What's the difference? Well, because I state that that's the definition that way, it means that the focus is on body composition. And the logical thing to then do is to measure your body composition on a regular basis to see if it is being manipulated by your diet and training as you had hoped and planned. And it should be planned because the word deliberate is a synonym for calculated and planned meaning that you need to actually state this is the body weight and body fat percentage that I hope to achieve from my diet and training. So then you can measure your body composition, measure your diet, measure your training, and see whether or not it is in fact doing what you want it to do. And if not, make the logical adjustments in order to make sure that it does do that. Now, I'll explain more about exactly how you would do that, how you would measure those things, etc. as we go along. But Firstly, I want to contrast this with what most of the popular kind of diet and training ideas are based on. And that is most people come at the problem from the perspective of worrying about how the muscle is built and how the fat is burned. So that kind of makes total sense when you consider that body recompositioning is about creating a leaner, more muscular physique. Well, how do I build muscle? How do I burn fat? The trouble is, is that actually those questions are completely irrelevant. How muscle gets built and how fat gets burned takes care of itself. You don't need to understand it. What you need to understand is simply whether or not your diet and your training are resulting in the fat loss and muscle gain that you want. And that comes from measuring your body composition on a regular basis. However, by asking how's muscle built and how's fat burned, what then happens is that um, you need to dive down the rabbit hole into looking at all of the complex biochemistry that takes place inside your body. And sure enough, if you actually look at most of the diet systems and training programs out there, they're full of talk about the processes taking place inside your body, all the biochemistry, all of the scientific studies that have found that this hormone is released or that enzyme is doing this and this uh, energy pathway is exploited when you do this sort of thing. 
And the fact of the matter is, is that whether it is true or not, it doesn't matter because you can't actually see any of these biochemical processes and you can't you certainly can't measure them in which case you can't actually assess whether the recommended actions are even causing the biochemical processes to take place that they've promised you are ta- that are, t- are taking place now what's okay but who cares if your body composition changes well the trouble is, is that without any ability to measure whether or not the biochemistry is being affected as expected, people then turn to the mirror or to photographs and to the scale in order to assess whether or not everything is working, even though obviously the mirror photographs and the scale are no way to assess whether the body, whether the biochemistry is being affected. But this is because ultimately what they're looking for is a body composition change. No one actually cares about the biochemistry when it really comes down to it. Now, the problem with using the mirror and photographs for confirmation that what you're doing is working is that the only kind of change that you can really see in the space of a few days or a week or, or so are changes in hydration. So, for instance, if a person wants to lose fat and they want to see the fat loss happening rapidly on the scale and in the mirror, then dehydration will actually look more like fat loss than actual fat loss. Dehydrating by three to four kilos will be big on the scale, and in in your clothes and in the mirror, it will look more like you've lost fat than if you actually lost three to four kilos of real fat. The trouble is the course of action, the actual dietary protocol and the the exercise that will best cause that acute fluid loss is probably going to be the worst protocol to follow for ultimate medium and long-term body composition improvement. And this is proven by the fact that the yo-yo diet syndrome is the, the plague of all of the people sort of following these methods. They cut down and lose lots of weight very, very quickly, and then they rebound straight back up past usually where they began, and if they do a bulk up, then they bulk up and they put on massive amounts of weight, but then to cut all the fat off, they wind up losing all of the weight that they gained in the first place and getting back ultimately where they started or to a worse position than they started. When you look at uh, realistic rates of body composition or even uh, extraordinary rates of body composition change, imagine gaining 300 grams of muscle per week for a year. That would equate to over 15 kilos of muscle gained in just a year. But 300 300 grams of muscle is absolutely invisible in the mirror you can't see that certainly not day by day where it's it's down to just over 40 grams of muscle per day and you can't even see it week by week or probably even month by month and similarly with fat loss if you were to lose uh, half a kilo of fat per week actual fat loss that would equate to 26 kilos of fat in a year it's a reasonable rate of fat loss but it's not visible in the mirror in the short term. You certainly can't base decisions off it. Just one kilo of, of uh, water moving in one direction or the other will outweigh any visual impression of half a kilo of muscle or half a kilo of fat and lead ultimately to bad decisions. Measuring the body composition would solve that problem. That That's my feeling on biochemistry anyway. Getting back to what I think that you should do. 
we're wanting to deliberately manipulate our body composition. So let's look at what body composition is. The dictionary defines it as the chemical constituents that make up your body, particularly the proportion of fat mass and lean mass. So it's the stuff that you're made up of, but it's particularly concerned with your fat mass and then all of the other stuff, which is mostly going to be muscle, which is why the term lean mass and muscle mass are used kind of interchangeably. Also, because if you gain 10 kilos of lean mass, hopefully you gain 10 kilos of muscle mass and not 10 kilos of heart, lungs, liver, brain, skeleton, skin, hair, etc. Um, anyway, the, the, the big thing with this, though, is, is that if you increase the proportion of you that is muscle mass, that is lean mass then you've automatically decreased the proportion of you that is fat mass without doing anything else. Did you get that? How do we increase lean mass? How do we increase muscle mass? Well, we do our weight training. And by increasing the proportion of you that is lean mass, that is muscle mass, then you have automatically decreased the proportion of you that is fat mass, which means the whole idea of walking on a treadmill to decrease your fat the proportion of you that's fat is just ridiculous and fallacious and completely misdirected. If you want to have the lowest body fat percentage possible, then you need to have the highest muscle mass percentage possible. And the way to achieve that is obviously to train with weights. Walking on a treadmill is simply training to be the world's shittiest endurance athlete. It has absolutely no relevance whatsoever to maximizing the percentage of you that is muscle mass. In fact, if anything, it's going to prevent you from maximizing the percentage of you that is lean mass. And that has actually been my direct finding in measuring people's body composition change and the impact of various training and, and exercise interventions. Adding the aerobic activity actually worsens the body composition. But the reason that everybody believes that walking on a treadmill is going to help them get leaner is because the question they asked was not, how do I improve my body composition or how do I manipulate it? It was, how do I burn fat? And because they asked the wrong question, they were set off on the wrong course of action in order to achieve the outcome they thought that they wanted. How the fat is burned is irrelevant. You don't need to concern yourself with how the body works. You just need to concern yourself with getting your body composition to change. Now, this is why I'm so anti-aerobics. It's completely misdirected. If you are 30% fat and you want to go to 10% fat, actually you can restate the problem as you being only 70% lean mass, only 70% muscle, and you want to become 90% muscle. How do you go from 70% muscle to 90% muscle? By walking on a treadmill? No, by lifting heavy weights, by training for muscle gain. And by going from 70% muscle to 90% muscle, you have gone from 30% fat to 10% without doing anything else. This is why I believe that in order to get all the way through into competition condition for a bodybuilding comp uh, competition, you lift heavy weights. You train like you're trying to gain maximum muscle at all times. There is no difference in the training. It's always directed at the same outcome, maximum muscle mass, because maximum muscle mass, maximum lean mass is minimum body fat. It means the same thing.
So you see how just even in the definition of the words, suddenly we find that there's a completely different course of action to take. So now the next part of my little definition is is this word deliberate. So deliberate is a synonym for calculated and planned. So if our body, if our, our manipulation of body composition is to be planned, then we need to actually state specifically what body weight and body fat percentage we want to be. We then need to measure what body weight and body fat percentage we currently have. Once you've measured those two things, and I'll, I'll need to do an entirely separate podcast on body fat testing methods, that's another topic altogether. Let's, for today, just... It, acknowledge that we do our fat test. Once you've got the the fat percentage, you actually need to use the number and do the mathematics. It's it's very very simple. If you're 20% fat at 100 kilos, it means that you have 20 kilos of fat and that therefore means you've got 80 kilos of lean mass of of muscle. Now the reason that you want to do that very simple maths is because it means each week when you redo the body composition test and yes, I recommend doing body composition tests on a weekly basis. A lot of people will argue that body composition can't change that fast. I disagree. I know that it can because I measure people. If you disagree, we'll try measuring it every week and see if I'm wrong or not. Um, uh, You test body composition um, on a weekly basis and by actually calculating the fat mass and lean mass you can measure whether or not muscle has been has been gained or or lost or not. But you need to do the math. You can't just stop with, well, I'm this weight and this body fat percentage and leave them as isolated uh, variables. Now, what we then want to do is direct the diet and the training to affect the elements that they affect. Now, the way I look look at it is the job of your diet is to affect your body weight and the job of your weight training is to affect your lean mass. And as ridiculously simplistic as it sounds, that's the end of the discussion. Um, we, I actually assess the effectiveness of the diet on whether or not the body weight is doing what I want it to do, and I measure the training by whether or not the lean mass is doing what I want it to do. Now, there's lots of wonderful arguments about why the diet and the training cross over and have influence over uh, the the other, you know, that the diet affects the lean mass gains, the muscle gains, and the training can affect the body weight. But the the fact here is is that firstly, the arguments are based on biochemistry, which again, we can't measure and we don't know. So we've got to start making bad guesses and judgments on stuff that we don't actually know. But second of all, by it is sufficient to use the simple view, complicating your view so that you become handicapped uh, by uh, uh, by complexity doesn't leave you in a better position you would be absolutely shocked how sufficient it is to simply uh, view the diet in terms of whether or not the weight is moving the way you want and the training from whether or not the muscle is moving the way that you want. Certainly that there's going to be a, uh, a relationship and a crossover between the two, but it's far less than you think. And so for simplicity's sake, we simply assess each of them that way. Now, 
in terms of the diet, the way to measure a diet and whether it is working requires eating the exact same quantities of the exact same foods every single day and then measuring the change in body composition that results. By eating the exact same quantities of the exact same things every day, diet becomes a single variable. And it means that you can emphatically say, this diet caused this result on my body composition. If it's not what you want or if it is what it, what you want, you can then make the logical adjustment. Now, it's going to be an entirely another podcast or 10 or 100 to explain all of the different dietary st- things, but that's the basic philo- philosophy behind it. Eat the same quantities of the same things every day and measure what it does, and there's, the, there's every answer that you need to know. Now, Many people hate the idea of that. They want to have more flexibility and they want to argue that uh, you don't need to eat the same quantities of the same things every day. And again, they'll come back to biochemistry to make their arguments. They'll come back to things that they can't measure. Now, um, you'll get people arguing for high-low carb diets or if it fits your macros or all sorts of excuses to keep changing the diet every single day or on a regular basis. When the fact of the matter is philosophically, if you eat different quantities of different foods every single day, then when you measure your body composition at the end of the week, you just have absolutely no idea what part of what you did led to the result or what to change to get a different result next time. It just leaves you ignorant, not better off. Now, that's not to say that you can't get a result. It doesn't mean that you can't get a fantastic result. It just means that you can never properly measure or have certainty over it. So, as it stands, nobody needs to complicate their diet and eat constantly varying uh, amounts of food up, down, and all over the place in order to get an improvement in their body composition. It's more than possible to just eat a really good, solid, quality diet, same quantities of the same foods every day, and then make adjustments to achieve anything that you want to achieve. So any excuses for variation is only an argument for ignorance and a loss of control and a loss of certainty about what it is that you're doing and whether or not it's working. Okay, so that's that's diet. Training. Training is actually the most important part of the whole equation. You keep hearing a lot of people arguing that, you know, body recomposition is 80% diet. It's absolute nonsense. If you were to follow a bodybuilder's diet, but for example, trained to be a tennis player, then you will wind up being a tennis player, not a bodybuilder. It's not what you eat, it's what you train for. So we need to look at our goal body composition and ask ourselves, what is that body composition capable of that I'm not? So if your goal body composition was to have, for example, 10 kilos more muscle, the only the only logical thing that you you can be certain of is that you would be capable of lifting much, much heavier weights across every single exercise in the gym. Now, training is simply going to make you better at the thing that you train to do. So in order to become capable of lifting bigger weights across everything, then you need to train to lift bigger weights. And if you're training to lift bigger weights, then what that means is that you probably should lift reasonably big weights for as many reps as possible. Now, when you lift the a heavy weight for as many reps as possible on an exercise, so all the way to muscular failure, that happens to be the best way to measure what you are capable of doing. So if you simply warm up 
and prepare and then go all out on your very first set of each exercise that you're going to do, then you're able to compare that performance to your previous performance and decide whether or not you've actually made strength progress or not. If you haven't, then that suggests that you can't have have grown muscle because if you had grown muscle, you would be able to do more. Now, in reality, that's not going to be true across all exercises. So if you look at an exercise like a, uh, a leg extension, for example, the point at which failure is reached is kind of fake. There's no such thing as failure. It just gets a bit uglier and uglier. The best exercise to measure your actual true strength performance are the big pressing exercise, the big compound exercises, the power lifts, the squat, the bench, the deadlift, the military press, etc. The deadlift is the best of the best because the deadlift requires the least skill. And the deadlift also allows you to lift the heaviest weight that you can lift on on any exercise. So even if you've only gained a small amount of muscle, just one kilo of muscle evenly distributed over your whole body is going to lead to several kilos of potential strength performance on the deadlift. So if your deadlift is not going up, then it's pretty certain that you have not improved your body composition by any tremendous amount. Now, obviously, there's uh, there are tremendous exceptions to that that come down to your skill level and your ability to actually access your strength and so on and so forth. But actually, that's kind of answered, in my opinion, the same way. Training with weights should make you very, very good at training with weights. Nobody should be growing muscle and not becoming more skillful at the exercises that they are training at the same time. If you're growing muscle, you should be improving performance. And if you're training with weights regularly and training uh, properly and focused on doing things the correct way, then your skill should also be increasing at the same time, meaning that your performance should keep on moving up very, very regularly. If it's not, it's a really damning indictment to your training. But also more than that, looking at training, it's very important that that what you're doing makes sense. So when we look at our body composition and we say, okay, I've got 10 kilos more muscle, I'm going to be much stronger than I am now, then the, the training that we do needs to make sense to achieve it. If... Uh, if I've got 10 kilos more muscle, I know that I'll be able to exert more force and therefore lift more weight, but I have no idea whether or not I can do more sets. In fact, the ability to do more and more sets has more to do with energy storage and production, it would make sense, than it does with the quantity of actual contractile tissue that I have. So, when I then look even further at the limits of human capability, what I start to see is that at the at the biggest, biggest, biggest lifters in the world, there's really only one all-out big performance. You don't get a person doing a 500-kilo deadlift and then doing five sets of 500-kilo deadlifts and then doing five more sets of something else and then coming back the next day and repeating the whole performance. So training for volume makes no sense to me. It has no direct connection with the outcome that I'm trying to achieve, not objectively. 
So the the certainty is, is that with 10 kilos more muscle, I can lift more weight and I may or may not be able to do more work than I can currently do. Training to do more work with half-assed efforts, for example, the five sets of five or four sets of 10 or any of these high volume programs with sub-maximal efforts simply makes no sense how it's going to cause the result that it's going to cause. So in my opinion, I don't train that way. And it's been my finding. And, you know, understand that uh, I have put 30 plus kilos of pure muscle on numerous clients in their first year of training on numerous occasions, 100% drug free, some with concurrent fat loss. The kinds of results that I've seen in my clients trained the way that I train them is far and away greater than the kind of results that I've seen other people achieved using more uh, common and popular training methods, which tend to be based on training volume. So Again, I'm not saying that you can't get a result that way, but I am saying that it's vital that your training makes sense to achieve what it is that you hope to achieve. Because if it doesn't make sense, then how the heck are you going to fix it when it doesn't work? If you don't even know why you're doing it in the first place, it's it's not a very good basis from which you should that you should expect to learn and and to improve and develop and to actually get the results that you want. So starting off with something that makes sense and then measuring whether or not it works is the the most crucial thing when it comes to training. And in future podcasts, I'm going to go obviously into much more depth about uh, the specifics of training, but that kind of gives you an idea of the fundamentals. To, to sum it all up, body recomposition is the deliberate manipulation of your body composition. Body composition is the proportion of fat mass and lean mass, and your fat mass is simply the proportion of you that is not lean mass. Your lean mass is controlled by your strength training, trained to be as strong as you possibly can. That's how you manipulate your lean mass. That's how you affect your fat mass similarly. With your diet, you can manipulate your, your overall body size to turn yourself into whatever size and leanness and and muscularity that you wish and the way to assess your diet is to eat the same quantities of the same foods every single day and measure what it does everything comes down to measurements the only way to make intelligent choices is to make logical actions measure their their results on your body composition and then make intelligent adjustments to it it does not matter how the body works internally. Anyone who tries justifying any course of action based on biochemical processes is basically talking bullshit because they can't see these biochemical processes. They never have. They can't measure them. You can't measure them. And and to follow any course of action based on supposed biochemical processes is actually basing your your actions on complete ignorance and blind faith. It becomes a religious uh, program rather than a scientific one. To be scientific, measure your diet, measure your training, measure the changes in your body composition, make the logical adjustments accordingly. So that's my philosophy of how you should go about uh, best achieving body recomposition, and that's the basis from which all of my ideas come. And uh, I'll be expanding on the diet and the training um, specifics in upcoming episodes. So I look forward to talking to you then. The Damon Hayhow Podcast on DamonHayhow.com.